Good morning. We're here because we're not ashamed to be counted among God's people, and we're not ashamed to tell people about our Savior. Jay, have you always been eager to tell people about Jesus? Um, I wish I could say yes to that question, but the answer to that is no. Why not? Well, probably right after I was baptized, I uh, after was… After you were baptized. Out. So you have not always been a Christian? No, I haven't always been a Christian. Uh, I was baptized in the, in the late summer of 1999, August 7, and the school was obviously not in session. So I was baptized during the summer while school wasn't going on. But then a month later, I had to go back to school. And that school was? Uh, West High. It was a public, public school. A high a, school. A high school. You left high school? Uh, actually, yeah. No. Serving yourself. Exactly. Now you come back to high school and you have a new master. That's right. How'd that work out? It was, it was a challenge um, because a lot of my friends didn't know about the fact that during the summer I had this, um, this transforming experience. I, I was baptized. They had no idea. So when I went back to school, everybody was like, yo, Jay, how's it going? And I was like, oh, no. Like, how do I bring this experience that I've had during the summer into my, my you classroom You don't want to be ashamed, but you don't know how to do it either. Exactly. So many times, you know, we were in next to my locker, which was kind of like the spot where all of us hung out. And I just didn't know what to do. You know, they would say dirty jokes and everybody would laugh. I'm like, so do I laugh? Do, do I just, you know, act very, very cold? So it was a big challenge to know how do I relate with my old friends uh, in light of my new experience with God. You wear a sign, I'm now a Christian? Yes. You did? Yes. I, I finally, they, they, they noticed that, you know, I was a little bit different. I didn't say, I didn't curse anymore. So they, they, they really was wondering, you know, Jay's acting very, very weird. Like, what's the deal with Jay? So they, a few of them started talking with me, and then they kind of, kind of forced it out of me. Uh, I mean, really, I was trying to just be very private about my new experience with God. And they were asking me questions, and then I kind of just told them what, what happened. But the biggest, the biggest experience that kind of led them to, to ask questions was, was I was really, really convicted uh, as a new uh, Christian in high school to bring my Bible to school. You brought your Bible into the high school? Yeah, I know. That's wild. I know. That's crazy. So we had a, a class uh, in our homeroom class called reading class. And basically, it's just 45 minutes of, of just random reading. People read Sports Illustrated. People brought comic books. I felt very convicted to bring my Bible. And I wrestled with the Holy Spirit for a while, but I couldn't resist. So I brought my Bible to school. I have to confess. I put it in my backpack, and before taking it out, I looked over my shoulder a few times to make sure people weren't looking. And when I took out my Bible, I started to read, and I just, I, I was, I just wanted to make sure nobody knew that I was reading a Bible. Now, tell me about this Bible business. When people were watching you read your Bible, what did they say? Well, I noticed, I was sitting in the, in the front row, I noticed that when I was uh, reading my Bible, I could hear whispers behind me. It was like, he's reading a Bible. And I was like, oh, no, I feel very uncomfortable. I don't, want, I don't know what to do. So when the reading class was over, I would close my Bible and put it into my backpack and just walk, you know, to my next class as if nothing happened. So as I was walking, one particular time as I was walking to my locker room to put my Bible into my locker, one of my friends, he caught me. He saw me putting my Bible into a locker, my locker room. And he says, Jay, what is that? 
And he I, didn't even know what a Bible was? He, he knew what a Bible was, but he just wanted to make sure that this was the real thing. He's like, Jay, is, this, is, it, is it really a Bible that you're bringing to, putting into your locker? So I, I kind of just said, well, what is what? What are you talking about? So I pointed at different items in my locker, just trying to avoid the situation. I know, I was very ashamed. And so I finally told him, you know, it, it's a Bible. He's like, a Bible? I'm like, why in the world are you bringing a Bible to school? And I said, well, remember, I kind of told you that I, I kind of had this, this experience with God. I'm like religious now. I think that's the word that I use, religious, because I didn't know what to say to him. And uh, he's like, wow, that's interesting. And that pretty much, well, it, that was the end of the conversation. Well, to my utter amazement, the next day, my friend Mike, who was the one that was asking me all of these questions, uh, in the morning, I went to my locker room, normal day. I opened my locker room, got my math book, etc. I noticed that Mike was walking towards my locker. And I looked at Mike, and in his hand, he had a Bible. Now, Mike, I mean, was anything but a Christian, okay, to say the least. And I'm thinking to myself, no, this can't be. It's like, Mike, what do you have in your hands? Now I was asking him the question, you know, what do you have in your hands? And he's like, I have a Bible. I'm like, Mike, why are you bringing your Bible to school? He's like, well, I don't know. I figured, you know, you know, we were raised in the Catholic Church, and, you know, I have a Bible that I've had all my life. I've never read it before. You're a good friend of mine. You're pretty normal. You bring the Bible to school. I figured, well, maybe I should bring my Bible to school. So then it was amazing. Then we started talking, and then he started asking me about what I believed, and then I started telling him a little bit about our doctrines, about the second coming of Christ, etc. And um, miraculously, that conversation led us to start having Bible studies in the high school library. And uh, it started with two people, and then it went like to four. It kind of went up, and then it went down again, because some people they were like, yeah, this guy's weird. I don't, I don't really want to be involved with this Bible study. So a lot of people left, but two of my best friends consistently stayed by, and they kept having Bible studies with me, Sean and Mike. And uh, we kept talking about the Lord. We kept, you know, studying the Bible. They had questions galore. And I was able to leave uh, the great controversy with my friend Mike and lost touch with him. I have no idea where he's at, but um, I trust that those seeds that are planted are going to bear fruit to the glory of God. And I would like to entertain the idea that I will see Mike and Sean in the kingdom, and maybe they can trace their conversion to that experience we had in high school. How many people at the most did you have at your Bible study? We had about 11, I think, uh, at the most. And you let out in the Bible study? I let out thanks to the Amazing Facts uh, study guides as well um, because I had no idea what I was doing. I didn't know how to give a Bible study. So I just kind of went through the Amazing Facts study guides. And uh, it was a little bit uncomfortable because in the library, people are surfing the net. You know, they're reading stuff. They're researching for their projects. And here we are reading the Bible. And I was trying to whisper so that, you know, nobody knew that we were talking about the Bible. But the Lord really taught me that you know, we have nothing to be ashamed. Because young people, even who are outside of the church, are craving for the things that we know. And in the process of being unashamed, I realized, wait a second, I have nothing to be ashamed about. I mean, all of my friends are asking all of these questions, and by the grace of God, I know the answers. And uh, so I just praise God that He was merciful, and He was patient with my unashamedness, and He taught me that I have nothing to be ashamed about. And now you're a preacher. And now I am a preacher, yes. And you too. I, I do work in full-time evangelism, yes. Is that what you always wanted to do? Um, no, that was never my plan. 
I had. Um, so how how come you're into it then? <laughs> well, when the Lord calls, He um, is persistent. Uh, I always had this plan of what I wanted to do with my life, and um, God radically changed that. I, I didn't even, I was raised in the church, but I didn't even know what I believed. And the Lord threw me in to sharing my, my faith in order to help me to be grounded in it. So I, I didn't even know how to teach somebody about anything. I believe the Sabbath or the state of the dead. I didn't know how to show you, but um, the Lord brought me to reach out to other people to ground me in what I believe. Have you had a chance to share your faith with other people now? I have. I have. You know, one one experience that um, was a pivotal point in my ministry, I've, I've shared this story before, but I was, uh, it was my first time I was doing Bible work in Texas, and I was still wondering, like, is this really what God's calling me to? This is kind of crazy. God can't really use me. I don't, I don't know what I'm doing. And I was knocking on See doors. See all these people? Yes. They've all felt that way. Mm. Me too. Mm. We're all in that. So you tell mm. us how this related to you. Yeah. Well, I was knocking on doors and I met this lady named Courtney. And um, she had sent in a Bible study request card. And she had been through Hurricane Katrina and been moved to, to Texas. And she, um, she was around 21, 22, and she had three children, eight and five and two. And she was there with her kids and she was searching. And we started studying the Bible and this was the first person I had I'd studied with straight through these Bible studies. And we got the, to the topic of salvation. Now I hadn't studied this with anyone before. And so we were going through the verses and we got to the end and I said, Courtney, would you like to accept Jesus as your savior? And there was this pause and she said, no. And my heart no. just dropped and yeah, I didn't know what to do. And I was like, they didn't, they didn't tell me what to do if they say no. So I just sent up a prayer. I was like, Lord, I don't know what I'm doing, but I know they this is important. They didn't tell me what to do if somebody came up here and said no. <laughs> don't worry, the story gets better. Oh, okay, it'll all work out in the end, will it? Yeah, so I all just right. sent up a prayer. I said, Lord, you know, what do I do? And the Lord um, brought questions and verses to my mind. The Lord is so good. Um, so I asked her, I said, do you mind if I ask you why? And she said, Chelsea, I haven't told you, but my boyfriend is Muslim. And if he knew we were studying the Bible, he would be furious. He doesn't know we're studying. And, and I know that if I accepted Christ, it would, it would change my life. And I'm afraid of what that would do. And so God brought verses to my mind. I didn't even know I knew these verses. And so I was sharing with her, you know, how God would see her through. Today is the day of salvation. We cannot put it off. And the Lord just put words in my mouth. And at the end, I said, Courtney, would you like to accept Jesus? And she said, yes, I would. Oh, good. Yes. And so <laughs> I, I said, okay. I was worried there for a while. <laughs> I was said, okay, I'll pray. And, and then you pray after. And so I said a prayer and there was this long quiet. And, and I looked at her and she said, I don't know how to pray. And so I said, talk to Jesus like a friend from your heart. And she just started to pray the most beautiful prayer. Right as she was in the middle of her prayer, I'm crying, she's crying, our Bibles are in her lap, the door bursts open. Uh -oh. And guess who's there? Uh -oh. Her boyfriend's standing there. And he had gone to the store to, to get some beer, and he was standing at the door, and he looked at her, and he looked at me, and he saw the Bibles, and, and our hands folded in tears, and I'm looking at him frozen. What do I do? They didn't tell me what to do once again. I, I think I was so scared, I don't even know if I prayed. I was just frozen. But you know what? She just kept on praying. She knew he was there, but she just kept on praying fervently even more. Lord, come into my life, change my life, bless my family, forgive me for my sins. And he, he stormed out and slammed the door behind him, and she finished praying. And I left that place, and I was amazed. God can use anybody. God used me to help this young lady find Christ. I've never seen someone accept Christ the first time. And uh, just an amazing experience that I never thought I could be a part of. And, and God was able to use me. Do you think God can use 
the people yes, of this audience? Definitely, I do. What about the person standing next to you? Do you think God could yes. use that person? God has used her in a radical way. And you think it would be okay to ask her a yes. question or two? Please or, do. Or would it? No, please do. I'd like to hear it. <laughs> so have you always been a Christian? Um, I guess so. I guess you could say that. Um, I was not always raised Adventist, but my dad remarried um, my stepmom, who was Adventist at eight, so started going to church then. When you were eight, not when she was eight. When I was eight. <laughs> when you were eight. Yes, but I was always a Christian, so. So, you're in school? Yes. Where are you in school? Um, well, I started going to Sierra College. It's a community college next to where I live um, after finishing high school. Um, and that was my first year there. And um, that year, God really put a burden on my heart to start a campus ministry, but in I didn't get the chance to. In this public college? Yes. Don't you know that's not supposed to be done? <laughs> yes. You know it's not supposed to be done. Yes. But you chose to do it. Yes. Well, um, the first semester, I didn't have the chance to, but God really put a burden on my heart. I was walking by one of my classrooms, and um, it wasn't my class time, but it was just one of my classrooms, and I was listening in, and the, the teacher was totally bashing God, and it just, it, it broke my heart, and I really realized, you know, God has um, a mission field here for me, so um, it kind of put the burden on my heart, but I wasn't able to do it that semester, though, so. But the next semester, you enrolled in different classes. Well, the, um, what had happened after that is I went to AFCO the following semester, and then I continued on to do Bible work. And um, at the end of Bible working, I, I Bible worked for ASI Youth for Jesus. And at the end of that, um, I just really started praying that God would um, show me where he wanted me to go because I kind of wanted to do more Bible work. Uh, I didn't want to go back to school. I wanted to do something exciting with my life. I love Bible work. Um, but as a last resort, I was like, ah, oh, well, too late to change plans. I guess I'll go back to Sierra College. Um, but little did I know that God had many divine appointments set up for me. So um, I got back there, and I had a good friend of mine, and he had already gotten the church. Um, I didn't know that he was going to go there, but he had gotten the church behind him to help with ministry there, and I had a plan to do ministry there. And um, So we got together and um, started a campus club, uh, a Bible study club, and um, we had two studies going, and we probably had about 10 people between the two studies on and off, So, and that was a blessing. And for some reason or other, you enrolled in a speech class. Yes, a speech class. <laughs> and in speech class, they assign you to give speeches. Yes. It was a public speaking class. And so what did you decide to talk about? Well, um, my, first, my first speech was an informative speech, and um, God You're just— You're supposed to inform the audience yes, about something. It had, yes, it had to be a very informative speech, and God really laid out my heart to share Daniel, too. She could have informed people what to say when the people say, no, I don't want to accept Jesus. But you chose to do what? Uh, Daniel chapter 2 for my informative speech. Wait a minute. This is a public college— and you're informing people what Daniel 2 says? Yes. Have you ever heard of that before? I've never okay. heard of that before. So what did you do as an encore? <laughs> well, um, they kind of knew me to have a very consistent speech topic by the end because my, I had to do a persuasive speech next. And so for my persuasive speech, I did how the seven-day week proves the existence of God. Whoa. And then. And then um, 
by, it was a completely a God thing, but we had to do impromptu speeches as well. Where An impromptu? Yeah. So you don't even know what you're talking about. Had no about. clue what the topic was. You reach your hand in a bag, pull things out. It was things like, you know, what you'll never catch me wearing and um, just kind of whatever things, soap operas. Um, of all people in the classroom, I got faith. So that was completely a God faith. thing. <laughs> yes. Whoa, that angel said, let me see who's up there and I'm going to hand her this one. <laughs> Pretty much, and that really, um, that was a blessing for me because it really saw that yes, God wanted me to do what I was doing. It wasn't just something that, you know, oh, you know, should I be sharing this? You know, is it going to push them away? Um, are they even hearing what I'm saying? But God said, no, I have you here for a reason, so. Did you flunk the speech class? No, praise the Lord. <laughs> I got an A, which was good. <laughs> what did the students say about all this? Uh, well, I couldn't really tell going through it, but by my last speech, the last speech I gave, it was a commemorative speech. It had to be a commemorative speech, and um, I did a um, speech on, it was basically an appeal, and I shared kind of what Christ had done in my life, um, and something that I had shared with them, which I want to share with you guys as well. Um, it, this was part of my speech. I said, suppose I found the cure for cancer. I love the cure so much, however, that I kept it to myself and never shared it with anyone. Would I not then be responsible for each of the deaths I had the potential to save? Their blood would be on my head as I would have only have had to have opened my mouth to keep them from dying. Um, and so that's just um, something that God put on my heart to share with people. I was scared out of my mind <laughs> before. I was sick to my stomach all that morning. Some of my friends can testify to that. I called them up and was like, pray for me. <laughs> But um, God got me through it, so. How'd you feel about it when it was over? Relieved. <laughs> Very relieved. <laughs> Would you do it again? Yes. Would you recommend it to people who are here? Yes. By God's grace, they can do it too. We are not ashamed of what we believe. Even in a speech class, in a public college, there is an opportunity to explain what Jesus means to us. And while we're visiting people in their home, and when we're in high school, and wherever you are today, tomorrow, and next week, Jesus is there, ready to help us. Everybody that I know of has some fears about witnessing. I do. I've been in this for quite a while. I think I'm a little older than you are, and I've been at it quite a while, but I still get very nervous thinking about it. I'm not ashamed of Jesus. He's changed my life. I'm excited about him. I worry sometimes about portraying him in the right way. All of us have an opportunity to portray Jesus every day. All over this division, people are doing that. The last year of our, uh, uh, that we just completed, we called a year of evangelism and our baptisms went up because we're more intentional about talking to people about Jesus. We've had young people preach sermons, some of them not members of this church, some of them saying, this was a good sermon. Now it's time for you to accept Jesus and be baptized. 
And when no one in the audience moved, the speaker said it again. I know this was a good sermon. It's time for you to come up to the front. And when no one moved, the speaker said, okay then, I will go. And stood in front of the platform and said, I have accepted Jesus. I want to be baptized. It's happening all over. Marty and I decided to visit a church, a brand new one. We called to see if it would be okay. And the lady who was doing the church said, no. And I wonder, what is the problem with us that we can't come to the church? And then she told us, the problem with you is you don't know how to dress. I've been going to church all my life. And I wonder, well, what is her problem? She told us, if you come dressed like you normally come dressed, you'll scare all my people away because my people have an address, and the address is under the bridge. Her members live under the bridge. They're dope addicts. Well, Marty and I talked her into allowing us to come. She said, I'll allow you to come if you promise not to wear a suit. Well, that was a pretty tall order. I took my suit to church. I did leave it in the car. We went in and helped vacuum the floor because the services were being held in a pizza hut or a pizza parlor. I greeted somebody, and when he came in, and I said, how are you doing? He said, I've been clean all week. I realized I was in a different kind of a church, a very special place where people were not ashamed at all to have a new walk with Jesus. We went another day to a church, looked a bit unusual. The whole town looked unusual, a not a promising town, Shamoka, Pennsylvania. It's a, it's a town where people had been accustomed to working in the mines, but now the mines weren't doing well. People were moving out, vacant houses and vacant stores everywhere. We found the right place. We learned the story. Two people, only two, went up on top of the mountain every day at a certain time and prayed for this town. They came off the mountain, and a jeweler said, why don't you buy our church, our synagogue? Well, they talked a little bit about it and said, how much do you want for that synagogue? He said, well, I don't know, you make me an offer. They left, prayed about it, talked about it, didn't know what to offer. They did know they didn't have any money. When the man called them again, said, you haven't come up with an offer yet. They said, no, we don't know what to offer you. He said, well, then I'll tell you what to offer me. Offer me nothing. We want to give our building to you. There aren't enough of us to have services any longer, so we want you to have it. 
but we will take things down that are of our religion. For instance, at the front of the church, since we're Jewish people, we have the Ten Commandments, and I don't suppose you'll want those, so we'll take those down. And our people said, no, we're fine with those. The day we went there to church, there were 80 people. You can do it too. God will work through you. He works through all kinds of people. He works through people who are bombastic like Peter, who are doubting like Thomas, who are very quiet people. He uses every one of us if we're allowing him to use us. If we say today, Lord, I'm not ashamed and you can use me, the God of heaven will come and speak through us. Don McLafferty was teaching little kids how to be, how to be disciples. I mean preschoolers. A man watched while one of these little girls was talking to her friend, and he moved a little closer to see how she was doing in what she'd been taught. And as he listened, he found out that girl was speaking in Spanish. He went back to the mother and said, I don't know what's going on with your daughter, but she's talking Spanish. And the mother said, well, not my daughter, because she doesn't know any Spanish. When the, when the little visit was completed and the girl came back to where her mother was, the man was still there and said, she was talking in Spanish. The mother said, were you? She said, I don't know. I was just telling that friend of mine about Jesus. The mother said, well, how did you know how to, what to say? She said, I don't even know what I said. Jesus just stuffed the words in my mouth, and then they came out again. <laughs> and if you are willing to be unashamed, the God of heaven will stuff the words in, and then they'll come out in the order that he plans for them to come out. Today, I want to give my life to Jesus again and allow him to work through me to reach others. This media was produced by Audioverse for GYC, Generation of Youth for Christ. If you would like to learn more about GYC, please visit www.gycweb.org. Or if you would like to listen to more free online sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.